I was shocked when I learned a few years ago from a Baptist woman that at her church, they were registering people to vote in the U.S. elections. She was the most political person that I have ever met. But a few years down the road, she said to me, there's no hope in politics. I don't know any details of what she went through. I'm extremely non-political. I'm not registered to vote for anybody. I'm very glad not to have lived in Nazi Germany where they forced you to vote for Hitler. God places us in where we live and the times we live there. I was born in 1937, so during World War II, I was a child. It was extremely patriotic at our little elementary school that I went to. We did Pledge of Allegiance every morning to the flag, and we did many patriotic things, and we learned poems written about the Revolutionary War and the midnight ride of Paul Revere, and there was all types of politics in the little school that I attended, the little public school. And I went through all the rituals that they did. But after I became a Christian, God began teaching me from the Bible. Politics, at least in the United States, it's a two-party system. And so much of being involved in politics is having a hope in one party and hating the other party, thinking the other people are evil. All of this is a part of politics, especially hatred. I think a Christian would have to think it over. There is another thing that concerns me about participation for a Christian in politics, and that is Second John, verse 8 through 12, 11 or 12. We'll read that. Second John, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Verse 9, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, Receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. If that human being in politics is doing evil in some way, and you sanction him and wish him well by your vote, and he's doing evil in private. You're judged by God as partaker of his evil deeds, according to the Apostle John. So you better think it over carefully before you wish anyone well. 
I wouldn't wish anyone well unless I knew they had the Holy Spirit in them and were living godly lives. To choose one party of politics over another is also involved in hatred because you are taught to hate the other party. The Bible tells us to pray for those who are in authority. So if you hate the other party, can you pray for them? Paul tells us to pray for our kings and rulers that we might live in peace, not just to pray for one party, but for both parties, the kings and rulers. I do pray sometimes for the rulers of governments of men. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I did pray that God not allow Donald Trump to fire a nuclear device when he was president of the United States. Multiple times I have prayed for President Biden that he would not lead us into some type of war. But I would not vote for either one. I am not telling you that you as a Christian cannot vote, but I do think there are scriptures you must pay attention to. One of them being 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, which is to pray for the ruler. If you get yourself involved with either party in the United States, wouldn't it be hard for you to pray for the other party? There's so much hatred involved in all of this. Now, one other thing is we, as Christians, we are like strangers and pilgrims on this earth, more like observers. This kingdom is not our kingdom. This world is not our kingdom. Jesus said in John chapter 18, verse 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, then would my servants fight? Did I not be delivered into the hand of men? But my kingdom is not from hence. What I read in the Bible is the people like Paul and John, they didn't raise up against the governments. And there were evil kings in their days, Rome and Caesars and all types of problems, Herod, who beheaded John the Baptist. But the Christians did not have insurrection against the government that I can see. And actually, Paul says that sedition, to be involved with sedition, that's a work of the flesh. And that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Galatians chapter 5. So you have to be really careful. I've met people that were Christians but lived like pagans. There were two Baptist women who went out to decorate graves. And I said, what are you doing as Christians decorating graves? What are you testifying to? I said, oh, well, it just sort of makes us feel better. You can't do these things. You must consider as a Christian what you are doing on this earth as compared to what the Bible, the New Testament Bible says. So you have to take the Bible into consideration. Another thing, often people who are involved in voting and politics, well, first of all, they think voting is a good thing because they used to wear little pens down in Lubbock where I lived before that said, I voted. And they proudly would say they voted. I just kept my mouth shut because I'm not registered with either party. I don't want to stir up hatred, and if I told them I didn't vote, the worldly people would hate me, and the church worldly people would hate me. And Paul said, if you have faith, have it to yourself. That's in Romans 14 or 15, somewhere in the end of those chapters. Don't stir up trouble unnecessarily. Now, I need to share with you this message on voting and seditions. Because seditions is the work of the flesh, and that's evil. And Paul says you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven if you do these works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, seditions, witchcraft, this type of thing. So we as Christians abstain from many of the things the world does. But one of the things also I notice is businessmen want to vote in certain politicians hoping to get some kind of benefit, some law passed that will benefit their business that will make them more money. We have things like Medicare and Social Security in the United States. So if they took Social Security away, what would happen to us? Well, God would provide all our needs. See, our hope has to be in God, not in governments of men, because you never know what they'll do. But you know that God will take care of you. When you put your trust in God, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, my God will supply all my need. And you trust in God, and you believe these scriptures. He is your trust, and you don't want to switch your trust over to governments of men. Just believe this. If they were to eliminate Social Security and Medicare, God would have a way for us to go to take care of us. Keep your trust in God. And seriously consider, what are we as Christians? What is our role on this earth? Our kingdom's not of this world. No country is our kingdom. It will all be destroyed by God. One time a man from India contacted me and said, he was a pastor, and he said, 
I want to know what is your vision for India? And I said, my vision for India is the same as for the United States. In the end, God will destroy the heaven and the earth. Anything you can see with your natural eye will be destroyed by God. So don't put your trust in those things, in that which you can see. Jesus said to the disciples when they were praising the temple of Jerusalem, there were precious stones in it and all types of things. Jesus said, see all these things, they will all be destroyed and there will not be one stone left upon another. If you would look at Hebrews chapter 11, start at verse 13. These all died in faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Paul. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. In the end, we will be removed from this earth if we're still alive at the time Jesus returns. The dead in Christ will be raised first. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Then those who are still alive will be taken off the earth and we will all meet in the air and be with Jesus in the air. Why in the air? The heaven and earth will be destroyed by God in the end. There will be no heaven and earth as we know it today. The Apostle John was shown the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Please look at Revelation 21. John tells us about the new heaven and the new earth where we will be taken and we will have new spiritual bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, we will not have these bodies that we have now. We will have spiritual bodies. Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people and God himself shall be 
with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. But we won't have these fleshly bodies where the pain comes forth from this flesh. We won't have it anymore. Verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. So, in closing, just let me say, we as Christians must not be following pagans of the world and just doing what they do. We establish ourselves through prayer and by scriptures. Be not conformed to this world, says Paul, Romans 12, 2, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what is the will of God. We read the Bible, the New Testament Bible especially. We read the New Testament Bible and set our doctrines by the New Testament Bible and reconstruct ourselves to go in the way of God and to sanction what God says and try to live that way while we're on this earth by the Word of God, the New Testament Bible. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.